0: This is a Triple J podcast.
1: Pete, we've got intense FOMO today. We rocked up to work and did not realize it's a public holiday. Not only is it a public holiday and there's literally no one in the office, it is also the rarest of days here in Melbourne. It is 30 degrees, it is blue sky, it is so hot and it is so sunny and we forgot that it was a public holiday, so we're at work.
0: Obviously, we're stoked to be here making a podcast for you. But oh, it's the highlight of the week. I am looking at some stories while the office is empty
1: and I'm feeling... That's <laughs> it's what I meant about FOMO. Like, people are at the beach. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. We've got lots to talk to you about.
0: Yeah, this episode has been a long time coming. We've had so many people message us for years, I guess, wanting us to cover dating and ADHD.
1: This is something that, I don't know about you, but it's come up heaps in my TikTok feed lately. A lot of people, it's normally something you associate with like a little boy in school. Yes.
0: That was my memory of it being in primary school. And it's just like, oh, Toby has ADHD and that's why he's like hyper running around the classroom, Mm. like, you know, intense. Um, But now I feel like I have a completely different understanding. I'm seeing so many TikToks of particularly women getting diagnosed and, um, Yeah, it's amazing that people are getting this kind of language and and validation for what they're feeling and how they're like living their lives. But yeah, we wanted to focus on how do you date when you've got a whole different array of symptoms that are to do with ADHD? And trust me, there's a
1: lot. Yeah. And what does that look like? And how do you navigate relationships? Uh, What if you both have ADHD? And of course, we need to talk about sex because it can look very different for each person with ADHD. So let's get into it. Like we said, the experience of ADHD, um, if you don't know what that's short for, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, it can look so different person to person.
0: Yeah. So we asked our friend of the show, clinical psychologist, Dr. Jared White, to tell us some of the main symptoms.
2: On the one hand, it's the the difficulty focusing on tasks that are important and difficulty staying focused. And so, you know, you see a lot of jumping from one thing to the next. But then the other component to it, which is a really important part of, it, is that there's a hyper focus on tasks that uh, the person with ADHD finds interesting. So they, they they've got like, in a way, a, a massive capacity to stay super focused on a task that a lot of people don't have. But then also switch their focus on different tasks when it doesn't feel as important.
1: Yeah, like Jared said, like he kind of covers the big extremes, like that's what it looks like from from both sides um of the spectrum, but it can look so different for so many people in between there. Like you might have a symptom of this and then a symptom of that.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it can feel a little bit contradictory, which is why we had so many DMD coming through and here's what you told us about your experience of ADHD.
3: Dating with ADHD is quite complex. It can make some great conversations as you're likely to go off on fun tangents and be quite curious and want to learn more about the person and have a really playful time together but you can also forget conversations really quickly get bored get distracted tune out switch onto autopilot and pretend you're engaged while you're just actually thinking about something else that's going on and it can fall apart really quickly if the other person doesn't think you're interested because you've forgotten to reply to messages or you haven't replied in a timely
2: manner. I guess dating an ADHD has come with a lot of challenges for me. I'm not a good texter because I can't convey emotion from what the other person is saying. I usually send emojis um, so that they have an idea of my body language and how I'm sort of thinking and feeling and what my tone is behind what I'm saying. I think because of my ADHD, I go around in circles when telling stories or talking about different topics. But I consider myself to be deep thinking. I do wear my heart on my sleeve.
3: It can make you obsess over a new person and be quite full on until you think you know everything about them and then suddenly something else or someone else takes your interest and they become your new hyperfixation. There are zero filters. There's oversharing, impulsivity, which sometimes looks like cutting someone off mid-sentence and you can come across as really rude or obnoxious or too much.
1: Obviously, we've got so many messages, Pip, uh, and like like we said so varied everyone's experiences but there was definitely some common symptoms or experiences that people had that like they would realize when they were going on dates and being like you know, getting into relationships
0: yeah and one of the biggest ones was oversharing so of course we asked Dr. Jared about it
2: well the oversharing makes a lot of sense because it's like uh, you know you can you can go from one topic to the next to the next and just start talking about each one but the consequence of oversharing isn't something that you might feel in real time it's something that, you know, maybe the person goes back after processes it and the, the, the person you're on a date with processes it and then they might be like, well, that was a lot of information or found overwhelming. But it's very hard to have the consequence of that happening in the moment.
0: So Lily got in touch um, and she sent us a voice memo talking about this because she was telling us that after a date of oversharing and being really excited, she fully spirals as soon as she gets home. If I go on a date, I just, I can't sit in the silence and
3: I just it's like word vomit. I just keep talking um, and like oversharing and just making inappropriate jokes that I can't stop. And then um, after the date, I'll get home and I'll go into this full spiral of regret and um,
1: stress about like what I've said and that I've ruined it. Oh, Lily, I fully feel you there. Mm. That's yeah, that's definitely a hard thing to experience after a date. You're like, what the fuck, why did I talk about my auntie's dead cat, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I feel that.
0: But look, another stressful thing uh, for people who have ADHD can be time management. You know, a lot of you telling us how you forget dates, that you get so caught up in the moment with what's in front of you. And we even had someone like let us know that they live their life on their calendar app like could not go without it the
2: person with adhd can have a a, a loss of a sense of time you know that that like being sure of what the time is and how long things take can lose you can lose that when you're hyper focused but also the thing that the adhd mind is very focused on is what's right in front of them
1: so pete when jared said you know very focused on what's in front of them that was huge for people in our dms like that was something that everyone resonated with when it comes to dating like he said like you might not be able to think about the consequences immediately you're just in the moment you're just like hyper focused on what's happening
0: yeah yeah the hyper fixation is so real and that's why a lot of you told us your dates can go for hours you feel like you're having this incredible conversation you are in it like you're in the zone you're excited it's fast-paced and that's kind of part of the hyperfixation with that person that's right in front of you.
4: Me and one of my ex-boyfriends both had ADHD, and we were so obsessed with each other that we would forget to eat. So we'd just hang out, and then it would get to about three or four a.m. of us just nonstop talking, and we'd both look at each other, and we would be like, "Oh, we're really hungry. Why are we hungry?" And then we'd realise that we'd been like hanging out for 12 hours and not eaten. So there were a lot of late night trips to McDonald's.
1: That's Georgia. She and a lot of other people actually, Pip, said in our DMs that, you know, they'll go all in, they'll be in the moment, like lose focus, not eat, blah, blah, blah. Um, But then after they might just lose interest, forget to reply to texts or just move on. Yeah. We
0: had so many DMs talking about this. Aurelia said, I always get crushes really easily, then get bored of the person when they start to show interest back in me. Um, And Amy as well said, one minute I'm super obsessed with you. The next I'll be like, okay, go away and give me space. I think it maybe links back to What Jared was saying as well, it's like what's right in front of you is exactly what you're going
1: to focus on, and maybe Mm. out of sight, out of mind for some people. Yeah, it's really complex. I know, and I guess as well, like he says, it's a pretty normal part of a relationship. Like you can just, you know, date, date, date to date, honeymoon phase, and Mm. then get out of that. But yeah, it almost is like fast tracked a bit for people with ADHD.
2: It becomes really difficult for an ADHD person to um spend the time in the relationship because often it's going to take work a relationship's going to take work and it's going to take a lot of effort and there there's interest initially but we know over time in a relationship that interest can fade and the lust can fade and that's why we call it the honeymoon phase or whatever you know that that dissipates and so once that dissipates it can be really hard to find the interest again in the relationship and it kind of can feel like a bit a bit more work a bit more effort um relationships do take effort and so there's definitely this chopping and changing that can happen or 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 even the feeling of boredom which which does happen in relationships with the adhd mind that's a a serious thing because there's nothing stimulating you to to stay
1: another common symptom that you told us is that you can have like major mood swings, which I get just like the emotional side of things.
0: Yeah, lots of highs and lows. And we had a DM from Tora saying that she struggles with poor emotion regulation. So, yeah, obviously this can impact the way you date and you have your relationships. And Jared backs this. It's something that some people might struggle with.
2: A lot of emotion dysregulation or even emotional, like hyper emotion, where there's a lot of stress, a lot of tension, Um, and difficulty regulating emotions uh, that make things very difficult to kind of sit in a a task or stay with a task.
1: Pip, you've been talking about this quite a bit this morning. You were like fascinated by this as like a potential symptom because you didn't know, but a lot of people told you that they have rejection sensitivity. What is this? What's going on?
0: Yeah, so I'd actually never heard of this term before and a lot of you were telling us and I was like, okay, we've got to do some research on this. So I asked Josie to send us a voice memo. There's rejection sensitivity.
3: Is simultaneously too much, but also not enough. And then this plays into how willing you are to go on other dates and face rejection again. And you start forming unhealthy attachment styles.
0: It's kind of what it says on the label. It is that you are more sensitive or potentially more susceptible to rejection and feeling that heartbreak and feeling let down or maybe like a sense of shame or failure. Um, And I think that some people might correlate this to the fact that some people with ADHD throughout their whole lives have come up against a lot of walls, a lot of barriers and have faced a lot of failure. So for some people, it's kind of like they've struggled to live in this neurotypical world. So maybe they struggle at work or at school or at uni, wherever. So having that constant rejection or feeling of like failure or shame or whatever, that's where people feel like they are particularly sensitive to it.
1: Right. It's like it's a build up of multiple over a long time yeah. Um, throughout your life and then in dating as well. That's yeah. when you're like, fuck, not again. Exactly. You know? It's
0: like, oh, I'm not enough for this person and I'm going to go through this process of like hyperfixating, falling in love with someone really fast and then either losing interest or they are just like you're too much. So that's kind of that. Um, But let's talk about like some of the fun
1: things, right? Oh, there were so many, so many incredible messages and examples of you talking about like how your ADHD has brought about so many like amazing experiences in dating, like just being so spontaneous, like really having deep conversations, getting to know someone. Oh my God. Yes. We actually had a DM from Maria and she told us
0: the most insane, incredible date that she went on.
3: I, for example, had a first date in Amsterdam. I have never seen that guy before, we just talked for a couple of days or maybe one or two weeks and then we went on a first date to Amsterdam, also with a sleepover and everything. It was really fun and cool, um, so it can be too much or really, really fun.
1: Let's start about relationships now. Bit different to dating or it can, you know, be a bit different. Maybe you're living with multiple people, like you've got a partner, um, you're trying to make future plans, maybe you're like fully committed. Yeah, whether it's like you who has ADHD or your partner does or your partners, uh, like there can be some challenges that comes with ADHD and being in a
0: relationship? Especially, like, domestic stuff. Like, Todd got in our DMs and told us um, about this with his relationships.
2: I think um, the, one of the biggest ways that my ADHD has manifested itself that has caused me a huge amount of shame and guilt has actually been in terms of, like, the whole living together thing. So my current partner have been driven slightly mad by... Um, The fact that I half do jobs all the time. The fact that I forget things all the time. The fact that I can't come across really lazy. Um, I just don't have the spoons to do all the things. The house can be a complete mess and I can sit in that mess and not want to do anything about it because I just don't have the energy um, and get really overwhelmed by it.
0: So kind of like what Todd was saying, he was experiencing it as the person with ADHD and he's dating someone who doesn't. That kind of relationship dynamic... Um, it can be really tricky, especially if the person without is trying to fill in the blanks and rise to the occasion and do all the things that you maybe can't if you're experiencing ADHD. Like they take care of the house and they do all that kind of stuff. But Jared reckons that can cause a lot of tension.
2: They can become exhausted, pissed off. There's so many piles around the place. Like, can't this place be clean? Why am I always the one having to clean it, etc.? And for the ADHD person, this can be problematic because They become de-skilled. The other person's doing everything uh, and so they never get an opportunity to, like, upskill in that sense.
1: We did get a DM from Tilly. Uh, She said, I think my boyfriend uses his ADHD as an excuse for poor behaviour. This is a bit, yeah. This
0: is really tricky. It's a fair thought to have, especially if you're getting to the point of a relationship and you – might be really struggling with their sort of symptoms as well. Like mm. it's a partnership, you're a team. So what they're going through, it affects you massively. And it's a really hard question to ask. So, of course, I was like, Jared, please, please take it away.
2: <laughs> because you never get anywhere by trying to tell or determine what the other person is doing. Like, are they are they taking me for a ride or are they really struggling? They're going to tell you. You have to, in a relationship, you have to trust that they're going to tell you and trust that they're doing the best they can and trust that they're going to be, um, their intentions are good. But at some point, you also have to make that decision for yourself, right? At some point, you also have to be able to say, I'm okay with this or I'm not okay with this. And, And for myself, I'm comfortable with doing this amount, but at the point where I feel resentful, where I'm going to say that other person is being lazy, maybe I've actually cross one of my boundaries, or maybe I, I'm not putting enough boundaries up. And because I'm not putting enough boundaries up, I'm struggling to be empathic. And that's what Brene Brown says. She said the people who are the least empathic are the ones with the worst boundaries. So I'd suggest that if you're finding yourself saying that about your partner or the other person in a relationship with ADHD, then you've probably uh, got, you've taken too much on.
1: maybe you've just been diagnosed or maybe your relationship's really new and your partner's got ADHD or maybe you do and like that you're listening to get some advice like Like we said there might be a few challenges um so yeah jared's gonna help us with that and like has a bunch of advice for things that might pop up in your relationship
0: yeah and the first thing is just kind of talk to each other about the adhd and how that relationship works like really validate each other
2: the language is so important i mean all of a sudden when you're diagnosed with adhd or um you're given a language to describe some of the things that you do you can talk about that with the partner, and it's really important for the partner to be able to all of a sudden have language for it, so they can um, see that this is not something that is just happening; it's it's a it's really affecting you, and um, that can be really validating on both sides because we're both sort of seeing the same thing. We can have a language to discuss it, and all of a sudden our communication can happen. And you know, I've had people tell me that they'll have their partner say to them. Um, I think you're doing the ADHD thing. I'm pretty sure it's really important for you right now to focus on this. So I'm going to be with you while you focus on it or even for the ADHD ADHD person to say, listen, um, if you leave the room, I'm going to, stop doing this. I want to do a whole bunch of things. Can you just sit with me while I do this? Just to be able to work with each other to to cope with the the, the constant distraction.
0: Another big thing is just to communicate your needs. So let's say you're the person who has ADHD. Talk to your partner about how we can create stability, or maybe you need help regulating, regulating your emotions or to try and keep your focus, as Jared was saying. Whatever you need, talk to them about it. And they should be able to help you, I guess, like Navigate those blind spots? Yes. And like find your strengths in different ways because that's what a good partnership is. Like you complement each other.
2: I think like the critical thing here, if you've got ADHD and what you'd be doing in therapy of any kind, I suppose, is trying to create some stability in the system, you know how can we organize ourselves in some other way and and that's hard that's really hard so that that takes i think two people to do it um but you know even being able to say look i know i'm not good at organizing here so i need help with my limitation here um you know and and that's that's a thing that's probably important in every relationship in some way not necessarily the organization the manifestation of it but being able to recognize our own limitations in 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 every sense Everyone has blind spots and everyone has struggles with different things. And in a relationship, part of that is being able to say, I'm struggling with this, which is a hard thing to do anywhere, but to say, I'm struggling with this. I'm not good at this. Can you help me with this? Um, and hope that the other person's obviously willing to, for the betterment, not just of you, but of the entire relationship.
1: Just on that, it's kind of like what Jared mentioned earlier, when his example of people who can't handle mess or domestic duties like Todd. um, Well, if you're the person with ADHD in the relationship, uh, Jared says, you know, just make sure you tell your partner what tasks and things that you can handle so that they know that they're not alone.
2: I think if you're with someone who, for example, doesn't have ADHD and they're super or they're hyper executive functioning, they're doing all the stuff and they're getting pissed off or whatever. There's a few things. I think, uh, number one, we want to try and encourage a limit to the service. You know, uh, that's kind of a a way of putting it, I suppose. We want to limit what they do for us. Um, because they're obviously not putting the boundaries in to be able to say, like, I'm not going to do this for you. So if we can limit what they do for us, if we can limit what they do for the person with ADHD, then that that can be really helpful.
0: Look, I think when it comes down to it, like one of the big pieces of advice that Jared had for us was that you really need to love them. Take aside all of their like neurodivergent like tendencies or whatever. You need to love them despite all of those symptoms.
2: If you take all of it away, you really have to like the person you're with you know adhd isn't something that resolves super quickly you know even if you take ritalin it can work with it but it's not going to change everything so it's really important that you actually really like the person you love the person and you can kind of see how, you know, they might not be good at focusing, but they're so good at hyper-focusing and there's so much that they're bringing to the relationship in the breadth of information, breadth of topics, um, the newest crazes, whatever it is they're bringing to the relationship that's actually super beneficial. Um, So it's about sort of getting in touch with what you like about the person as well.
1: Let's talk about how ADHD can affect Sex, because this was like pretty interesting to read in our DMs, Pip. It's so varied for so many people, but it, mm. it does have an impact.
0: Yeah, and I had no idea. There's so many different ways, and we got our friend of the show and sexologist Lauren French to help us unpack a few of the different experiences.
4: It can be kind of either or. People with ADHD can have really low libido. It can mean they can have really dissatisfying sexual experiences. They can get really, you know, the language that's often used is they get bored during sex, which I, I just want to be really I don't I don't love that language because I think there's something around the attention to sensation and there can be a really big element here around if someone has ADHD and also has like real you know sensation sensitivity that like the textures the the feeling that can all mean that the sexual experience can be really not
1: satisfying. Someone here DM'd us to say I love physical touch and sensation play but often get overstimulated during sex.
0: Mm. Which you can imagine if you were feeling somebody's sheets or if you had um, some music going or and it was too loud or maybe you could hear their housemates like in another room and you were just like, oh, fuck, that's like distracting me really like overloading my brain right now can totally understand that and actually on the other end of it we had a lot of people who told us that they can't really feel anything or they get so distracted that they just lose their boner they lose arousal jasper actually dm'd us he said i find it really hard to stay in the moment with sex and stay aroused um and yeah lauren says this tracks
4: you know maybe your partner is going down on you or you know like kissing touching your body and your brain's just jumping to 400 other things. And I've known some people who have found things being helpful like having kind of like audio things playing that their brain can focus on so so it's like I'm focusing on the audio and the touch and the two things and that's less overwhelming than letting my brain focus on the 400 million other things that are happening. Some people have some people find it helpful to do like sensation uh, or senses deprivation. So like being blindfolded or these sort of things just to like remove a sense to help slow and quiet things down. And for other people, that doesn't work at all. So it is a real bit of a trial and error of working out, you know, what does it look like when everything's going 400 miles a minute and how to slow it down just so that I can enjoy and be present enough in this moment to what I want to do.
1: Classic Lauren, such good
0: advice. She always comes through. Um. So obviously we've talked about you might be really disinterested in sex, either because you lose your focus or you have hypersensitivity and it's just like too much and you're like, no. Nah don't even want to get in bed with somebody but d on the other hand Mm -hmm. you also might find that you are hypersexual like you're raring to go you want to just
4: get it off with somebody all the time people can have really high libidos people can be quite hypersexual they can really you know focus a lot on sex and i've seen a little bit in the research around how kind of a sexual experience the sexual feelings that release particularly of orgasm can kind of have a calming effect like a natural calming effect which can really slow down the brain which some people with ADHD find really helpful hence why there's a bit of hypersexual activity because they're trying to get that calming sensation
1: of course when you talk about medication so ADHD medication is something that definitely you told us affects your sex drive Uh, Jasmine sent us this voice memo about her experience
3: I've really recently been diagnosed with ADHD At 31, and I'm going through the process of dexamphetamines and all that kind of stuff. And I've noticed a really distinct change in my sexual libido to the point where, um, you know, previously it was a really big part of my life, and now I don't have any of that desire. And when I say change, I mean I would be hooking up with like two different guys in a day from field or, you know, three different people on a weekend, to now I don't have any interest in seeking any of that. I'm not even interested in you know, having fun with myself and my toys because it's just not part of um, where my brain's at or
4: where my interests are. Yep, and Lauren says that she sees this a lot with her clients. And obviously any kind of medication when we're talking about mental health can have huge impacts on sexual drive, libido, function, being able to get erections or get wet, you know, being able to have orgasms can have a huge effect, which also can become a bit cyclical. Like I can't, like sex is terrible. I'm on this medication and the sex is terrible. Therefore I feel depressed because the sex is terrible. So I'm on medication at like, it's just this big circle, unfortunately. And so I think there's definitely people who aren't on any medication who are having big sexual impacts. And I think there are people whose the medication in and of itself has a big impact.
1: Talk about this all the time on the hookup. I'll never get tired of saying it. It's always the advice from everyone we have on um, to navigate this. If you're having, you know, challenges in your sex life, communicate. Yeah. And also just be open to experimentation because
0: as you heard before, there are some pretty like niche symptoms when it comes to like
4: ADHD and sex, like the sensitivity, the Mm. touch, the feeling. So give it a go. You know, the the easy stuff is with partners is open communication and being really clear on what's doable, what's not, what might, you know, kind of trigger some really like hyper-focused stuff or even trigger that uh, touch sensitivity, sensation sensitivity and being really open to experimentation. I've known people who, you know, the touch sensitivity is so much that nipple play that for some would be really amazing is way too much and like to the point of pain for others. And it's like, okay, well, what does it look like over a shirt or over like material or let's add a layer to actually reduce sensitivity so that we're still doing a sensation that feels nice, but it's not completely overwhelming.
1: And when you're chatting about this with your partner or partners, you're communicating about some of the issues that you might be having or some of the things that like your ADHD impacts your sex life, like talk about your strengths as well. It's kind of what Jared was saying before, like there will be, you know, things that it makes your sex life so incredible. Like chat about that. Talk about the things that you really love doing.
4: You know, you can be, well, this is what my hyperfixation on this space does for us in a positive way, you know this sensation stuff isn't for me, but this thing really is. And let's focus on this thing. And this is how we have pleasure. And, you know, I might have a, you know, be super hyper focused on you as my partner. And like, that might feel amazing as a partner when you're the person you're with is just so focused on you and your pleasure and your sensation. Like,
0: that could be so hot. Of course, there are so many things that can help you outside of just talking to a partner, Um, getting professional help, talking to a therapist, um, getting medicated as well. I know that's like, really difficult (laughs) easier said than done because you know diagnoses and, and getting like the right medication is a long long journey um but yeah you can get the help if you need it it is there and hopefully the fact that more of us are talking about this it just becomes easier
1: obviously there's only so much we can cover in a single app with you so yeah for anyone who is listening has ADHD has a partner with ADHD whatever like we hope that you feel seen that was something that like we know posting about it Mm. which is really nice for people to see other people talking about their experiences yeah because
0: I think like a lot of the time we attack this in the way of like how can you work better how can you be better at uni and school but it's like Talking about it in a dating sense, I don't know if that many people are doing that. So hopefully this was a helpful episode. You can always get in touch with us at Triple J The Hookup or if you want to email us, that's thehookup at abc.net.au. i will see you next time. Bye. Bye.